Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It is always a thrill and an honor when I get to have this guy with me. He is the reason that I'm a sports journalist. Um, He is considered by many, myself included, as the greatest NFL writer that's ever, ever lived. Um, Hall of Fame voter a man with relationships on all 32 teams. He's the inventor of the mock draft. His impact on the NFL was so far that owners would call him to get information. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, had a tremendous relationship with Al Davis and others, and he's universally respected around the NFL. I get to call him a mentor. I get to call him a friend. I get to call him a hero. Uh, Very few times in life do you look up to someone and then when they become intimately part of your life, and he is that with me. We talk about things that have nothing to do with sports. He has helped me through dark times. and, And you get to meet them and you realize they're even better than you hope. It Oftentimes they're a disappointment. Every big article that I write, my deep dives, he helps me. He edits them. We interact. We talk. He knows my sources and he helps me formulate. He's one of my favorite people on planet Earth and a dear friend, the great Rick Goslin. Rick, thank you, my friend. I know always a pleasure, but you know that already. 
Yeah, you are so dear to me. So I wrote an article, which obviously all my articles you're familiar with, and you helped me in all of that. But it was about enough's enough. It's time for the Raiders to hire Champ and to hire Antonio Pierce. Now, there's a lot, even a, P, even a PFT report that said that to hire off last year when the Colts, if they wanted to hire Jeff Saturday, they didn't have to go through the Rooney rule for an interim, but if they wanted to retain him, they did. I talked to two general managers. You know who they are. I've told you who they were. I don't reveal my sources to you. It's different because you work with me on it, who said that they believe you'd have to rework the contracts, but that they would be fine hiring them now. The point of the matter is, is whether they can honor, they have to honor the Rooney rule or not. I've made the statement, go ahead and do it now. It's the Raider thing. Your thoughts on that, sir? Yeah, the Rooney rule was created to make sure there was an equal opportunity, that that, that qualified candidates got a shot at jobs. And it was, you know, geared so that more minorities would get, you know, into the interview process. So there, there's a precedent for this. In 1989, Al Davis fired Mike Shanahan after four games. He made Art Shell the first African-American head coach of the modern era. And then uh, after the season, he, he, Art finished seven to five. After the season, uh, Al promoted him, made him a permanent guy. I don't think anybody would stand in Mark Davis's way if you want to promote Antonio Pierce. Because there's, again, there's a precedent with this franchise, there's a precedent in this league. And again, he's not, it is a minority candidate, you know, and, and there have been a lot of cases where you've had minority candidates interviewed, there were token interviews, and they weren't serious. This is serious. And Antonio Pierce has, has shown that he's probably deserving of this head coaching opportunity. And I don't think anybody would stand in the Raiders' way if they wanted to make Antonio Pierce the permanent coach. And Champ Kelly, again, done the same thing, the job he's done, getting the job after the trade deadline, the way he's worked the waiver wires. I know that you would agree with me. So here is my question for you. There is a school of thought that says he should have to wait till the end of the year. Don't do it now. You'll screw it up. What is your opinion? What's your thought? If these are your guys, you hire them now. If you're you know, prepared to go, go ahead, go forward with these guys, why wait? You know, give give Champ a jump on on the draft, and and you know you don't want to you don't want Champ in, in a holding pattern or, or Antonio in a holding pattern while you figure out what their future is. I mean, if these are the guys, you hire them. And and again, they're both African Americans. They're both minorities. I don't think anybody would stand in the way of either hire. And, and both these guys, um, from what we've seen, they they appear to have earned the chance to hold on to these jobs on a permanent basis. You are so widely respected around the league. Owners will talk to you, people in every organization. Here's my question for you. With your knowledge, and which is universally respected, and what you've seen them do, what you saw Rich Passaccia do, yeah. do you believe they've done enough to earn the job now? Yeah, I, I thought they should have kept Passaccia. Uh, I, I know Rich. Uh, Rich had been here in Dallas. And I thought the job he did, he earned the right to continue on, uh, even if he gave him a two-year deal, you know, continue to prove himself. But I, I thought he earned the right to to go forward as a head coach. Uh, and I think Antonio Pierce is in the same boat. I think what he's done, he's, he, he's clearly changed the, the, the culture 
of that team. He's changed the mood of the locker room. He's changed the, the attitude on the field. And I think he's he's earned that chance. Uh, again, I'm not sure why. If, if he's the guy, why wait? I don't think there'd be any resistance from the league if, if they named Antonio Paris head coach. All right. I want to ask you something that I find fascinating, and I, I, I would really appreciate your thoughts on this. The NFL is a unique league. It's The impression is that it's very large, but it's really a, a small group. It's, a, it's, a, it's pretty interesting how it works, and there's so much dynamics and so much politics. If Mark Davis feels like Okay, I I can't hire him without the Rooney rule waiting to the end. Is there anything more Raider than to basically say, no, this is my guy, I'm hiring him, NFL be damned, I'm lighting a stogie, and you want to come after me? Is there anything more Al Davis than if Mark did that? Because this is following in Al's footsteps. Al did this once before, and it worked out pretty good for the Raiders. I, I, I Was the Rooney rule around in 89? No, no. No, it wasn't around. No. But the point is, he did it. He did it. I'm sorry? He decided. He, the point is, he did it. He he had, again, this was the first African-American head coach of the modern era when no one was hiring African-American head coaches. Al had the open mind and, and the, the keen football sense to know that Art's the guy. And they had great success early on with Art as head coach. Now, this is this is so rich. Like I said, there's a precedent in this building, in this league, for this, and it's it was paved the way by Mark's dad. One of the things I find funny, and this is no disrespect to the Roonies, I think they're wonderful people, so please don't hear this as disrespect. But Al Davis hires the first African-American coach of the modern era, the first Hispanic, Hispanic quarterback. I mean, this is the legacy of the Raiders. They, they were doing this before it was pop. There wasn't a Rooney rule because of the Raiders. It was because of everybody else. Do you think it wasn't called the Raider rule or the Al Davis rule because of the NFL's relationship with Al Davis? No, because Al, Al didn't have an issue with hiring, you know, with the, the best candidate. And the Rooney rule is to, is to say, let's interview several people and determine the best candidate, whether he's white, black, yellow, what. Interview the best candidates and make sure no one is overlooked in the process. And I think it's really helped. African Americans uh, along the way as head coaches, uh, but you don't. The, the Raiders don't need this rule because they've set the precedent. They Al was Al and the Chiefs were very big on the HBCU schools in the, in the 1960s when the NFL teams weren't touching those schools. It was Al and, and Lamar Hunt that were all over the HBCUs. So I don't think anybody's going to accuse the, the Raiders of racism. Well, I want to ask you about something I have told the people that you believe, and I agree with you, by the way, but I, I found it fascinating. You have been surprised at how many special teams coaches get overlooked in the hiring process, because unlike offensive and defensive coordinators, they have their hands on both sides of the ball. Could you expound on that, please? Yeah, there are only two coaches on the staff that address the entire team, the head coach and special teams coach. They deal with offensive players, defensive players, and that's that's an attitude that that's coached into these units. And you saw with with John Harbaugh and Dave Taub in, in Kansas City and Pete Rodriguez and you know Brad Seeley. You know they they 
and Bill Belichick in particular, he 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 makes sure he has spe- he will draft special teams guys. They drafted Julian Edelman because he could return punts. Um, I, I'm surprised that Dave Taub has never gotten a chance to be a head coach. You know, John Harbaugh proved you could do it. John Harbaugh was a long time in one of the most successful special teams coaches in the league, and he felt he had to become a position coach elsewhere to get a head job, so he became defensive back coach and got hired after a year by the Ravens. But Dick Vermeil was a special teams coach. Um, Bill Cower started his career as a special teams coach. Bill Belichick was a special teams coach. These guys deal with, with the entire roster. They deal with offensive players, defensive players, and they have to coach their techniques. Uh, I, again, I think some of the best coaches in this, in this league are special teams coaches because They don't lose. They, they lose players. Teams tend to keep the core of the offense and defense together. But there are years where a special teams coach has lost his entire core of five five coverage players, and they've got to make make do with the draft picks. And a lot of times, draft picks these guys they want to start. They don't have a desire to be on special teams. They got to coach them into it. I, I talked to both Bill Bates and Steve Tasker, two elite in the history of the NFL special teams players. They retired the same year, and I asked them, What's, what was the hardest part of your job? And both of them said to teach a whole new group of players that what we do is important. And that's a message that special teams coaches have to get across. And again, I'm surprised more special teams coaches haven't gotten that opportunity. You are the inventor of the modern mock draft. You were the best at it. No one will ever I, I don't know if I was the inventor, but we've been doing mocks a long time, but I, I got to be pretty good at it. We're going to call you the perfecter then of it. You were the perfecter of of the modern day NFL draft. And I mean, I do one after the season starting the Monday of the, of the um, combine. And I do every mock draft Monday up till the draft. And one of the things that, that you did so well was getting resources from so many other teams, finding out what teams were thinking. I've tried to mimic you as best as I can and talking to other teams, getting as much input as I can and, and really followed how you taught me, but you, you, you are the, the best at it. Why do you think the NFL draft has blown up and gotten so big? Because it's not an NFL event. It's a college event. There are college teams in every, every, every state, every, you know, all the major cities. I remember, Going back a couple of years back, I, I, the, I, the light bulb went on when the top three markets for a draft were Jacksonville, Austin, Texas, and I can't remember the other one. But it was because Tim Tebow, Colt McCoy, and, and there were three you know, very high-profile college guys. Those were the top TV markets. And that's what the NFL is, in, is, is kind of encapsulated here. It's, it's, it's a college event. Um, Every school has a vested every every fan. You go you go to Michigan. You got Michigan, Michigan State, Central Michigan, Eastern Michigan. They, they've all got teams and they've all got players that are drafted. You know, JJ Watt started his career in Central Michigan. Um, there's so much investment. Even the casual football fan has an interest in the draft because he may be a bigger college football fan than he is an NFL fan, and that's what the NFL is tapped into. And and people mistake it as an NFL event. It's not. It's a college event. That's pretty good. All right. Last thing that I have for you. Sure. When you started in the league, it was much different. 
Now the NFL Network, it's a 365-day event. It has gotten so big and so enormous. Did you, you were so universally respected. You saw things before others saw them. Did you ever think the NFL would be this big? Well, I covered, no, because I was covering bad teams. I covered the Giants in 70, I the Lions in the, in the early 70s, the Giants in 75, 76, and I had the Chiefs for 13 years. They went to one playoff game. I used to go to training camp for the Chiefs, and there may be 30 people in the stands watching practice. They didn't need ropes. They didn't need guards. They were just sitting in the stands watching practice. Well, when I went to Dallas in 1990, I was shocked. Jerry moved the camp to Austin. They had set up a, a souvenir tent. They had concession stands. They had stands. They were, they were getting... Oh, they were getting 10,000 people practice. Now it's even bigger now that they're in California. They got stands set up there. You know, they, they got kind of tent suites for uh, corporate sponsors. Yeah, I, 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 never, I never saw it coming because maybe if I had been in Dallas with America's team, with a big fan base, but when I was covering the Chiefs, we might have had four people in the locker room, you know, during the open locker room period. There wasn't, there weren't TV cameras, there weren't microphones, there weren't ESPN, there wasn't the NFL Network. There was nobody, and you could develop relationships. It's much tougher now to develop relationships because it's all kind of, uh, I guess, packed journalism. All right. I told you that was the last one, but there's one more I have to ask because you hit something I, I, I believe on. I think Al Davis is the most significant owner in pro football history or in pro sports, and I want to explain. He has impacted European soccer, Without an Al Davis, I don't think there's a Jerry Jones. He's impacted the NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, and how owners market, the way they sell everything. I think that Al Davis, and there are other owners who maybe have won more or whatever, but he is not just a pro football icon. He's an American icon and really a world sports icon because of his vision in the way he's changed professional sports around the world. Am I overselling Al Davis? Well, I, I think George Hallis would be in there as far as the NFL. And I think Jerry Jones would be in there as far as the financial dynamic of the league. I mean, he's the reason that they have all these new stadiums. He's the reason there's a salary cap. But just, you know, Al Davis would tell you that he he built the Raiders. He used the Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Yankees as his model for how he wanted to build the Raiders, the tradition, the pride, you know, the the, the, the fan the fan bond with the team. Um, yeah, I think Al has got a far-reaching um, influence on, on a lot of sports, a lot of people. I know Jerry Jones, he's one of his confidants. A lot of people, when Al, Al was around, he was the guy they called and asked for his advice. Um, I think he's easily one of the two or three. You know, you put Lamar Hunt in there because he founded the AFL. But if you're doing a Mount Rushmore of, of, of significant NFL owners and, and influential people, yeah, I think Al Davis would be uh, be there. He'd be on that mountain. Awesome. So, again, to recap what we originally wanted to discuss, it's your opinion that Rooney Rule be damned. If this is your guy, go hire him now for Mark Davis, correct? Yeah, because that's the precedent his father set. He's your guy. He's an African-American. You want him? He's your guy. Go get him. Go get him. Let the let the league worry about it. I don't think there's going to be anybody that's going to put up uh, an argument uh, if if he hired Antonio Pierce and he did it tomorrow. Awesome. He is the great 
Rick Goslin, one of the greatest NFL writers to ever live. If you were doing a Mount Rushmore of writers, he would be on it and be the first name. He is a tremendous mentor, a great friend, and someone that I look up to and admire with all my heart. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Hino. Always my pleasure. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa.